to The Drummer and the Great Mountain Load, a podcast where we share effective tips and practices for working with adult ADD, ADHD in a natural, effective way without the use of medications. Each episode, join me, your host, Batman Saram, along with the author of The Drummer and the Great Mountain, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Join Michael and myself in an interactive discussion of sharing our stories as we journey together in transforming what can be the gift of being what we call hunter types. This podcast is intended to be your audio companion to the book written by Michael, who joins me each episode where we both will strive to foster dialogue, give you our personal insights, and share both of our experiences on this similar path that we are all on. Our intention and hope is that along with the book, this podcast gives you an additional perspective as you listen to us delve deeper into each chapter of the book to give you even more tools to go along with what it is that you are reading. Visit us at drummerandthegreatmountain.com to purchase the book and look for more tools, tips, and updates, as well as giving us feedback on this podcast. Join our growing global community of creative types, entrepreneurs, and out-of-the-box thinkers on our shared journey. Welcome to the Drummer and the Great Mountain Podcast. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Michael Joseph Ferguson. Well, there's a lot going on. Um, first off, reaching out to all you hunter types. I hope everyone's doing okay. Uh, on this podcast, we are going to be talking about, uh, with the coronavirus and everything going on, how do you overcome the fear and find stability? That's the theme for today. We were going to be doing a podcast on meditation, but I felt like this was really important. Um, I've been speaking to a lot of the people in our groups, as well as our my coaching clients, and, and you guys are all over the world. So I've been able to get a, kind of a, a sense of things over the last week of where everyone's at, especially for us hunter types and our specific challenges. Um, as well as uh, opportunities for us, because um, oftentimes in times of crisis, hunter types can really shine. And I'm already seeing that with a number of the people I'm working with. So um, I know a number of you are that are listening to the podcast are doctors and firefighters and EMTs. So sending you all extra good vibes right now. I know you're working really hard and we're all very grateful for all the work that you've done and everything that's led you to this point. Um, and specifically all those who are tuning in from Italy and um, other places around the world that are really being affected, even New York City and I'm in California no um, you know that's been it's been very interesting the last week. Um, sending you all our prayers and I've been doing my best to um, not only for myself and for us trying to um, put together ways to support as well as encouraging other people in fostering dialogue and how we can all come together and make it through this and um, have something positive to look for in at the end of all this. So anyway, so today's podcast, we'll be talking about uh, what you can do during this time and some, and it's, everyone's being affected differently. So some of you are listening going, eh, I'm okay. Everything's good. Everything's relatively quiet here. I got some time off. Uh, and if you're in that space, like that's fantastic. Um, take care of yourself. 
um, see what you can do to help. And we'll be talking a little bit more about that. And I know for many of you, it's not so relaxed and you're, you're stressed and you're worried about, um, your family, you're worried about, uh, loved ones. So, um, in this podcast, I want to just start with discussing the challenges that are coming up for a lot of us right now as hunter types, uh, just define them just so we can look at them. And, uh, and as we move along, then I want to start talking about strategies, uh, to, uh, focus on what can make it better. So, so much of what's going on right now, there's the physical challenges. There's literally like the logistical things, but there's also a big chunk of mental suffering that's going on that is not, it, it, the suffering's in our head. It's not really in our physical environment as we sit right now. And so if we can reduce that emotional spin, that mental spin to the point where we can get clarity and move forward, that would be the goal so that you can, you can quiet your mind down enough, uh, eliminate the unnecessary distractions so you can focus on what you need to focus on. Okay, so well, let's define the challenges first. Uh, and this is what I do a lot in coaching. It's like, let's get very specific. Because if, we, if you're not specific, then everything floods together and then you just get into flooding and overwhelm and you can't do it. You're just frozen. And I know a number of people that I was work, working with this week, that's where they were. And so I, I'm going to take you through what I took my coaching clients through this week. So let's define the challenges that I think um, a lot of people are facing right now. So... Challenge number one is concerned about your loved ones and their health and well-being. And I know many of us have elderly parents and people around us that are directly in that space of being affected by the coronavirus. Um, and that's real. And that's a, and that means there's logistics involved in making a change to that. And there's things that need to happen. So that's one. And I'm just going to go through and list these and then we'll come back and talk about them. So just loved ones at risk. And also there's people that are younger that are also at risk too, that have certain health uh, challenges. And as many of you have been watching the news, it can affect all of us in some way, shape or form, and depending on how, you know, our, our, our body and our immune systems functioning currently. So that's one. Um, it's just sort of like overall health. Like, am I safe? Is my my family safe? What do we need to do to what what's realistic in terms of uh, are the threat for us in my family right now? And then also uh, people in in your first tier, your first sphere of influence, which is close friends and family. So the second one, the second challenge for many of us just in terms of worry and concern is how will this affect your job and your income? So I know that's probably even a broader range of people. So we're all looking at the news and also talking to people we're working with. Some of you are off work right now because um, you've closed down. Some of you are getting paid. Some of you may not be. Some of you may have been laid off. So clearly there's some issues of what to do. Like that's real, that's that's tangible, and there's things that you're going to have to um, keep a clear head so you can make clear decisions moving forward. Um, so that's the economic piece of it. Um, and then in terms of kind of drilling down into more of the day-to-day, there's just the uh, classic hunter type being caught by stimuli, which is obsessively checking the news. A lot of us are doing it. I'm trying to discipline myself to only check a couple times a day. Um, just keep myself level. So in, and we'll talk a little bit about what that mechanism is. It's even more 
Uh, there's a, a couple other pieces involved in this other than just the classic hunter type being caught by stimuli. So we'll talk a little bit about that. So just, just being able to function because you're constantly being distracted or it's just the whole, everything's shifting. So you're scanning the environment again, going, where's the danger? What's going on? What do I need to do? And um, if you're, if that's all you're doing, then that's going to obviously you're not going to have any kind of structure in your life right now. So you're just going to constantly be reacting to what's happening on the news. Um, so there's that piece. So being caught by stimuli, that's definitely the hunter type challenge. Um, and then overcoming the generalized fear in the world, which is very much related to that. So when will this end? How bad will it be? Those are the things that we're all asking ourselves. And that's why we're checking the news a lot of times. Like, how long is this going to last? What are, where are we at? What is this, is this going to last for, for a year? Is this going to last until August? And no one's clear right now. And I wish I could give a report and say, I know exactly how long it's going to take, but we don't know. And so not knowing is always a piece of generalized anxiety, just not knowing that how that affects your security level and your economic security, all those things are being affected by not knowing. So tied in with this is just spinning out in self-distraction and self-medication, which is that because all this is going on and maybe you're processing it consciously or somewhat unconsciously, then you're just lost in distraction. And maybe that also is like you're eating more than you'd like, you're eating lots of carbs and sweets. And um, that's often a way that we process the anxiety. If we're not thinking about it consciously, then we go into these sort of unconscious mechanisms. And the reason how you know you're in it is if you feel bad about it. Like if you're, you're like, God, I, I can see that I really don't want to be doing this, but I'm doing this and I really want to stop. So if that's you, then it's a di there's a difference between just relaxing and just enjoying yourself. And there's uh, distraction and self-medication. Those are two different worlds. And I think we all know the difference. And so because of the stress often we go into to those kinds of behaviors. And when we're not conscious and conscious, conscious about processing the fear and the anxiety, then we often default into it. It definitely is this mechanism that lowers our um, cortisol level for a certain amount of time, but it doesn't really make anything better. And often it just makes it worse. So I would say self-medication self and distraction being probably one of our biggest challenges for many of us right now. So another challenge that I think a lot of us hunter types are facing right now is that analysis paralysis. What do we need to do? What actions do I need to take to protect my family and uh, also just take care of myself financially? Like, like there's this list of things that you like, should I do this? Should I do this right now? Uh, and just because there's a lot of ambiguity that's adding to the already challenging thing for us hunter types of just making a list and prioritizing. So that's another challenge. Uh, and then t towards like the day to day, I think the, the big challenges are just being able to create your own schedule. If you were working from home and you haven't been working from home um, before, then just that's a whole other layer of learning of just how do you create your own structure? Um, how do you handle, for many of you, you've got 
kids at home. And so you're dealing with how do you handle the structure with that and planning with your spouse. Um, all those things are tight, as well as like keeping them calm. Uh, there's all these layers inside of that of just working from home when you're not used to it. So many of you are uh, like I know for us in California, we're on lockdown, which means we we can get out and go for walks and things like that. But we there's pretty much all the stores are shut down except for the grocery stores. Um and so, so many people are just working from home right now. That's just the reality of it. If you can work from home, you will be working from home. <clears throat> so just w- working with all the logistics of that, which is, you know, common hunter type challenge uh, in general. And so now that's kind of been amplified a bit. Uh, and then finally, like just keeping up with your exercise and nutrition routines, all the things that we talk about on this podcast of keeping yourself level. Um, a lot of things have changed. Gyms have closed. Um, how do you shift your exercise and nutrition routine around sometimes like right now, at least in California, it's hard to get certain kinds of food because the stores have been, uh, picked over quite a bit. So we're, cause there's that whole thing going on. Uh, and also I think Amazon's a lot slower right now. So if you're ordering things online, things are coming a little slower. Um, so these are the things that I think that's a pretty good list of things to work with. Those are the, I think the common challenges based on what I've been uh, hearing from a lot of my coaching clients and people in our groups. So I think what we need to start going, drilling down into is okay, what, what's going on underneath the wiring? Like, why is this so difficult when we're in a challenging time? Uh, what's going on where I can't think straight? I think that's a good place to start because if you can understand the mechanism that's going on both within you, but within the collective, um, it'll give you a little more information and it also may be able to uh, support you in the dialogue you're having with your family and with people around you so you can get back to a place where you're, you, you've kind of booted your, your thinking brain, your cognitive brain, you've gotten it back online again so you can make good decisions. So let's start with what's going on in our brain. So why is it so scary and why are people reacting the way they're reacting? Why is it that many of us can't get toilet paper? (laughs) And why is it that even though they've requested maybe one to two weeks of supplies that people went out and bought everything up and, and just like cleared the shelves? What's going on is there's this part of our brain called the amygdala that we've talked about in previous podcasts. They call it the amygdala hijack. So the reason why you're alive today is because your ancestors ancestors successfully used this mechanism so they didn't die. (laughs) That's really what happened. So instead of them sitting there staring at the saber-toothed tiger thinking, oh, you know, I wonder if that's a tiger, their amygdala kicked in and said, you're in threat, you need to get out of here right now. And it turned off their thinking brain and and cued adrenaline to get them to move and get out of the dangerous situation. So that mechanism has kept us alive. It's a beautiful mechanism. It keeps, it's kept us safe. The issue becomes when there's abstract threat, when there's not direct imminent threat. So even, even in the virus, it's like there is a threat, but, um, there's varying degrees of how directly you're being affected in this moment in terms of your fight or flight um, response, right? So if you are in a space where 
um, you're safe, you're at home, you've got food, and you're settled, then it's no longer appropriate for you to have that fight or flight adrenaline, every you know that that just hypertense space because you're you're in that moment you're safe, and it's really a moment to moment mechanism. But when you sit and you watch the news and you hear like the economy's being challenged and all these things are happening, then that the amygdala kicks back in again. And it's really hard to then think clearly. So you're constantly reacting to what's going on, what could potentially happen. And you become obsessive in terms of, okay, well, what do I need to do to change this? I need to just constantly check. And the re the, the issue of that is, okay, it's understandable to a degree, but if you can't think clearly, you're not going to make good plans moving forward. Uh, if you're just kind of spinning out every day or you're, you know, you're uh, self-medicating in whatever way us hunter types self-medicate, that's probably not, probably not the most useful um, and practical way to move through the world right now. So if you understand what's going on, so there's a trigger, there's something that's saying, I'm not safe. And when uh, both you're experiencing that and then you see people around you experiencing that, then you start to get a feel for why the people are hoarding and going into this sort of extreme behavior right now. There's Some of it is valid. Some of it is is an overreaction. So because of that, the issue becomes, one, how do you take care of yourself? How do you get yourself back to center again so you can make clear decisions, assess what you need to do, and, and make a plan? So that's sort of the general, that's what's going on. A lot of us, a lot of us are in amygdala hijack, it's not just hunter types, everybody. And so they're reacting in ways where they feel like they have some kind of control. I'm going to go get a ton of toilet paper. I'm going to get a ton of food because the food might not be there tomorrow. Uh, if, for some people who've lived in other countries where there's been real lack for long periods of time, they're more familiar with this. They know what this feels like in the West, which I think a lot of us, you know, in our in the audience here are listening. This is the first time we've ever experienced this. So it's new and we're not clear of like, OK, what what level of attention do I need to place on things right now? OK, so that covers, I think, kind of major anxieties that many of us are facing right now. So let's start talking about how do we overcome the fear? And specifically, we I'm going back to the amygdala hijack, being able to get ourselves out of the anxiety so we can think clearly and make good decisions. And for those of you who are fine, like you're listening, it's going, you know, I'm okay, everything's good, it's going to calm down, then that's great. And then just listen to this and maybe just have this in your toolkit for a time when you may actually need to use it. So the first step and the primary step if you're overcoming any kind of anxiety is piecing apart the strands. So basically, when everything floods together, uh, that's when we easily get into overwhelm. We call it flooding. So this is a common for us hunter types no matter what. And in situations like this, it may become even more pronounced. So the antidote to this is to be able to start listing here specifically what I'm concerned about and write it out as clearly as you can so you can get to a place where you can take a specific action towards it. 
as you start doing this, as you start to start to list the things that you're most concerned about and you, you start to write out action items, what tends to happen is the amygdala, start, the amygdala starts to quiet down. It's like your brain is, is with anxiety, is, is giving you a signal. It's saying, you know, there's something to look at here. There's something to be concerned about. If you're not, and if you start taking action towards addressing that, the brain goes, okay, okay, you, you got the, the signal. Okay, and it may be looking for then the next threat and the next threat, but at least you're starting to piece apart what you can you can specifically do, and it'll start to reduce the anxiety. It'll give you some clear action items, and just having the action item, and I've I can verify from just coaching a lot of people that once you get to clear action items, you can your your tension and anxiety can go way down because you're like, okay, now I know what I need to do. Uh, whereas if it, if you're just in that space where everything's just sticky and sticking together and you're just like overwhelmed, then there's you don't have any there's no opportunity to make any progress on any of the things that's causing that's triggering the anxiety. So what I would advise you to do, and again, if you can journal, I know I just talk over and over, uh, continually talk about journaling on this podcast, but this is such a key piece. It's a, a key tool in this situation. Uh, you can also, so you can either journal what I'm talking about, or you can sit and talk with another person and go through these same steps, whatever feels comfortable to you. So where I would start uh, because there is a hierarchy of, of, um, of needs that all of us have. And when certain needs aren't met, they trigger a much bigger emotional response than others. It's important to know where to start. So the first circle, so if you, as you're starting to, to piece apart what you're most anxious about, the, I, the, the items that I would start with are security, health, finances, Anything around your baseline security, so health and finances for many of us, those are like huge. Like and and in health, I'm also referring to the well-being of the people around you. So start there. So if you're so security, it's like security could be just like shelter. Like if you're in an extreme situation, which I know probably most of you aren't in this situation. Um, like, am I safe? Am I, you know, is someone going to kill me? Like that's security. That's like the base level security. So if you're not there, then you could move on and say, okay, health wise, my health, the health of my, of the people around me, you can start there and start listing out the things that you're most anxious about. Just make a list and see if you can get as clear as possible about the fear of going on. So, for example, you could say, well, I'm concerned about the well-being of my family. Okay, keep going. Write out each person's name. Who are you most? And then look at that list. Who are you most concerned? Who's at most risk right now? Circle their names and start to get clear about, okay, now... And we'll talk about this in the next step. What actions can be taken to support that person right now? So you feel a sense that you're addressing the fear and you're going to do something to support that person or yourself. Again, like the health of your family right now. Um, so that I would say health. And then finances is another one that's really challenging us because it's connected with security. So we're worried about finances not because of, of money. It's because money means uh, a safe home, uh, money for food, those kinds of things. That's why finances have such a trigger on us is they have to do with the base level security in the world. So again, with finances, 
start to write out specifically what you're most concerned about and be, you know, go into it if you need to be as specific as you can. So you can, so you can get to, okay, that particular threat. So if it's, I'm just worried that I'm going to lose my job. That's good. See if you can go even deeper into that. What is your biggest concern about it? How is how is your company doing right now? Uh, who do I need to talk to to get a sense of where everyone's at? Uh, so those are things to, to start really drilling down right now. It's like what is happening specifically in these particular areas, health, finances, and then work, as you can see, is connected into that. But at work is not, I wouldn't put that as the number one priority. I would have, it's like tangential to finances. It is something that's connected to finances, but it's because um, you can get you can go down to all the rabbit hole of like, okay, I'm concerned about how to work from home. And like those are lesser stressors, whereas health and finances have a much more Im- imminent uh, effect on your overall well-being and the well-being of your family. So that's the first circle, security, health, finances. Start there. Make a list of all of the concerns as specifically as you can, then one at a time, write out at least one action item that could support clarity or mitigate that particular concern. See if you can get clear about a very clear action item you can take, like calling your boss and asking him what is what is the status of the company right now what is the overall financial health of the company what is the plans moving forward now for many of you that's not the issue like you're okay like you know you've got your like your company is fine maybe they're doing more like online stuff so they're actually some companies are booming right now so um, but depending on where you are and what your concerns are be specific and start with those three things security health finances. If you handle those, then you can move on to the lesser concerns. But if you don't handle those, then that anxiety will will undoubtedly affect every other thing in your life. So if you feel like you can, if you can keep shoring that area of your life up, and this is why a lot of people, even I, I had to make this decision the other day where um, I woke up, it was, a Mon- it was Sunday night, Monday morning. I had a lot of stuff to do on Monday. Uh, I, if I got up really early, I knew it would throw my day off, but, um, middle of the night, I was kind of getting a sense of, you know what, I probably should go down and make sure we're stocked up with food and have food for the next couple of days. And it was the first time that had kind of bubbled up and I talked to Quest about it. We discussed it and we're like, okay, no. And what I came to was it's not, it wasn't about necessarily, we're not going to have food. What I came to was if I have enough for the next two weeks, like like just like general thing, the things that I'm used to eating on a regular basis, it's like we've got food for longer than that. If I have that, then I will be clear and more calm so that I can support people more effectively this week. And so when I kind of weighed the, okay, how should I do this and throw my schedule off today? But get the food. I decided yes, that's probably the best thing to do. And so we went out. And we went. To, we had to go to two, two or three stores. And actually, it was pretty intense. There was a lot of people there. There was a lot of stuff that wasn't available. Um, and so it, it definitely was kind of a trying, intense experience. And it definitely threw the whole day off. But uh, I'm very grateful I did that because because I did that, I was able to get back to center, got some rest. Actually, went back and took a nap for a little while. 
And I was able to function much better during the week because I knew if I didn't handle that, then I'm going to be on calls. I'm thinking, oh, shoot, I need to get down to the store. And, and for me, that was the decision. And I knew we didn't we didn't hoard. We got what we needed. And because I handled that, then I was able to be much more functional. So that's that was an example of how I handled it this week, this week. And it also changed my priorities a bit. I did different things than I would have on Monday morning uh, and I had to push some stuff out. But because it was a security level thing, I thought it's got to be a priority. So once you've won, you've written out specifically what you're most anxious about. And then two, you've went through and listed some doable action items that you can take. And I want to be specific about what doable means. Doable means something, a specific action that you can take either immediately or in the next few days. That's what I mean by doable. If it's too vague, that way you can't just say, if you can't schedule it, then it's probably too vague. You need to be able to say, I'm going to do X at this specific time. If you can't get to that, then you've got to go more, you've got to get more specific about it. So once you've gotten that list of action items, circle the items that are most important. So we're already addressing uh, the, the top level priorities, but then look at that list and go, okay, what's actually most important and start working on those action items. Okay. So that's, I think the key piece to overcoming fear is just being specific. And then as you've, once you've done that, then you can start chipping away at the lesser fears. Okay. Staying at home. What do I need to do about that? What do I need to do about childcare? How do I, which we'll talk about in a second. How do we find stability in this time? So let's start with exercise. So exercise for us hunter types is our friend. It's the number one go-to in terms of reducing our anxiety, increasing our mental focus. Uh, I can't stress it enough. So the issue becomes right now, many of you gyms for, for you, the gyms are closed, right? So that becomes an issue. So if that is the situation, then you just got to get creative about how you get your cardio in. Because if, especially if you are feeling extra anxious right now, then in my suggestion, unless there's a health issue that would keep you from doing it, cardio at least once a day would be my recommendation. I think if, even if it's for 10 to 15 minutes, if you have a cardio workout of some kind, it will most likely reduce your anxiety, increase your mental focus and give you the ability to show up and make good decisions. So typically going back to the amygdala, when you're moving, your amygdala is actually triggering you to move in a sense. I mean, it's, that was when it gets triggered, it's saying you're in danger. You got to get out of here. That was the core mechanism. That's the core ancient mechanism inside our brain. So when we move, we're releasing that anxiety. We're moving it out and the amygdala starts to shrink because it goes, okay, you're moving. You got the message. Okay. I can relax now. That tends to happen. So I want to just encourage you movement on at least 10 to 15 minutes a day, especially cardio, um, is most likely going to help your mental focus, your clarity, and you may have to get creative about how you get that done. So for all of us, as far as I know, if you're on, if your state is on lockdown, you can still get outside in nature. And um, unless the weather is really challenging, um, we're starting to get into spring now, so you'll, there'll be more opportunities to get outside. Find a spot locally to get out get into nature, go for a jog around a pond, 
Uh, if you're by the beach, see if you can go for a, a walk or run on the beach. Find your spot. Find a nature spot where you can get not only just the space to exercise, but also the real another kind of reality than what's coming through the news right now. So also connected with nature is gardening. So this has so many therapeutic uh, elements, especially right now, because not only one, are you able to just get your hands in the soil or just if you have uh, if you have a backyard, then you should definitely consider doing some gardening right now as part of your day to day, like emotional therapy. Uh, and if you have just, um, you know, a balcony or something like that, then you can get some pots, fill them up, get some seeds going. So you're at least growing some food. So you're connecting to nature in that way. And I think for many of you who've been tuned into the permaculture movement, you know, people have been talking for many, many years about food security and being able to uh, recognize how dependent we are to the, the bigger system. And if something happened, then actually it does affect our food security. And here we are. So you can at least at a very small level start addressing your own food security by growing things, growing some simple crops, growing potatoes, growing some, uh, growing your herbs, grow, just having a sense that you have the capacity to, in this even a small way, affect your food intake and like how are you creating that for yourself and it, granted it doesn't have to be like oh now i have to just get paranoid and grow all my own food it's not what i'm saying what i but if you have a sense that you, there's some foods that you don't have to go to the store for that you can actually grow for yourself that's a big deal and emotionally don't underestimate how good that can feel to know that that is there for you so if you have never started a garden before Get onto YouTube, look at some organic gardening channels. It's not that difficult to garden. Uh, most garden stores are open right now, which has been really cool. Sometimes the, uh, I know the one locally here, it's only by pickup. So you can order online and then go pick it up. So that's just another suggestion. Nature connection can also just be growing your own food, even just a little bit. And, and not just for the practical reason for it, but just for the emotional satisfaction of like, oh, I am capable of putting a seed into some soil, watering it, and it comes up. Wow. That just that experience alone is is very reassuring in times like this. So let's specifically look at other things that can lower stress. So we've already talked about exercise, getting out in nature, all those are stress reduction, overcoming the fear, getting ourselves back, your, our cognitive brain back online again so we can make good decisions. Lowering the stress gets us back in control again. So besides exercise and getting out in nature, avoiding watching too much news. So that means setting a boundary for yourself. So if you want to stay in overwhelm and anxiety, just keep watching the news and set no boundary for yourself. And you will spend the next couple months probably just in a low state of panic uh, most of the time. So if you set a boundary for yourself, you will give yourself a respite so you can say, okay, I'm going to check the news in the morning. And then maybe again, I'll check in the evening. Uh, and, and if you're going to check the news, look at the local news. See what's going on in your local area versus just looking at the vast 
newsness of everything going on in the world. See if you can focus your news watching to like what's happening locally. That's a place where you have an impact. You can have an impact locally on on what's going. You can put some energy towards what's supporting people locally. You have an you have something you can do about it. Whereas if you're looking at just the New York Times and CNN, you're gonna get it's just everything gets compounded. All of the different things happening in the world are become as if they're affecting you right now in this moment where you are. And the reality is, if you look at what's going on in your local community, you have something you can do about it and that itself will lower the stress. So avoid watching too much news, maybe check in the morning, check in the evening, and then make a disciplined effort to not check the news elsewhere. Unless you feel like there's something that's actually going to affect you right now in your local area where there's things that are going to be announced that would affect you, then of course, then you should keep an eye on it. But for most of us, that's not the case. So again, if you want to find some emotional stability so you can make clear decisions, set a boundary around how much, how often you check the news. That's on the phone, TV, anything else. Do not keep the news on all day on your TV. That is a guaranteed uh, recipe for anxiety and overwhelm. Turn it off. Don't get engaged at that level. It's not necessary. So in terms of other ways of lowering stress, some supplements to check out. Here's a couple. Again, I mentioned a lot of these in the books. If you have the book, good time to crack open that um, uh, exercise and nutrition chapter because I got a lot of tips in there in terms of anxiety and some suggested supplements. The three I would look at are the ones that I, uh, I use quite a bit. So one is magnesium. That's like a classic in terms of reducing anxiety. You can look for the brand Calm. That's a powder that you can mix with warm water and drink it and it tastes fine. It's got like a little bit of a flavoring to it. That's a really good suggestion. But any kind of magnesium, uh, just Google it online. I, with all these suggestions with supplements, I encourage you to do your own research, check for dosages yourself, and make sure there's no contraindications. So magnesium is one. Two is valerian root. It's not something you want to take every day. It can be hard on your liver if you take it for long periods of time. But for short periods of time, for most of us, it's fine at a lower dose. So Google that. Do your own research on that. That at a lower dose, at higher doses, it will it'll put you to sleep. Lower doses, it just calms you down. Uh, again, it tends to make you a little more sleepy, but if you're feeling a little more anxiety, that's one to check out that might help take the edge off a little bit. Uh, the third one's lemon balm. That's another one you can get that in teas. So if you can, uh, you can check online, see if you can get, uh, any kind of stress tea, uh, de-stressing tea. You can look up those. There's a lot of, uh, already made, uh, herbal, um, concoctions that you can take as a tea and that will definitely, offer some kind of body level reduction of stress. In terms of other exercise, as you, I often say on the podcast, yoga, lots of yoga studios are now going online and doing their classes there. So check your, so you now have access to classes all around the world at this point, because everyone's going inside. So uh, check for that or just get on YouTube and look up some yoga classes. I would recommend looking up restorative yoga. Uh, especially when we're feeling a little stressed, sometimes restorative yoga is a really good one to just get ourselves into our body, especially if you're not familiar with yoga, that's an easy one to practice and get into a groove with. And if you can do it with someone else in your household, 
even better schedule a time when you all when you can at least watch something and go through a yoga routine together and for those of you who are uh yoga teachers i know there's many of you in in the audience so just sending you good vibes i know things have shifted for you so intending that you're able to find your online audience right now uh also, in terms of body level reduction of stress, warm baths are very practical. It just, our body knows what it, it remembers what it's like to be in the womb and have warm fluid around us. And it's definitely a guaranteed uh, anxiety re- reducer. So if you can, if you've got a bath at your place, then warm baths can be really helpful once a day, maybe towards the end of the day. Uh, it, there's definitely a sedating experience, as you know, from taking a warm bath. So it's probably not something you want to do in the morning. You probably want to do it towards the evening time. Then also, and specifically for us hunter types, this is a time to play music, make art, schedule it, make it a priority, because this could be a great opportunity for you, especially if you're off work and you're okay in terms of finances, get some of those those art projects that you've been waiting to do, get some of those going right now. Schedule a little time every day to work on them. Play some music. If you're working on learning a musical instrument, this is a really great time. Schedule some, that's a lower, that lowers your stress and it's really pulling on your hunter type tendencies for creativity. It's like we're in our zone when we're creating. That's for most of us hunter types. That's, that's our zone. And so make sure you're creating space for that in your life right now. And if you can share it, if you can hop online and share it with other people, then all the better, whether it's art, the drawing, painting, music, see what you can do to connect with other people instead of just secluding right now. So moving on from lowering stress, uh, let's talk about boosting your immune system right now, because that's part of what's going on. And if nothing else, when you feel like your immune system's stronger, you'll feel a little bit more that that itself will lower your stress levels. So, and it, this is how it's interconnected. When you're, when we're more stressed, our immunity goes down. So when we reduce our stress, our immunity goes up. So coming back to some of the suggestions we had earlier, exercise, cardio exercise, very high on the list for boosting your immune system. The reason why that boosts your immune system besides lowering stress is our lymphatic system, which is a big part of our immune system, does not have a pump like our heart does. So our cardiovascular system, the heart is pumping blood through our veins. Whereas um, the lymphatic system does not have a pump. So when we're moving and we're moving up and down and, and it's been said that if you, um, like people will jump up and down on trampolines and that boosts your immune system because it's moving your lymphatic fluid through your body. So exercise and, and boosting your immunity, there's so many benefits to it. So I want to encourage you cardio exercise or at least going for walks can definitely boost your immune system because it will lower your stress and it will kick in your lymphatic system. Two is a couple supplements to check out, vitamin C, zinc. Those are two that, um, as I've been looking and doing the research on what could be contraindicated for the coronavirus, neither one of those are showing up on the list. Those both are can directly support your immune system if you can aim for those. And I would during this time, if it were me, I would avoid dairy right now. Dairy tends to be a little harder on our bodies and potentially can re- lower our immune system. So if you're questioning it, I would say definitely reducing sugar and reducing uh, dairy right now and or eliminating 
could be a good move. If you're wondering kind of like what's my best move right now for immunity, that's where I would go with it. I'm not a nutritionist, but based on, I can just say 100% based on my personal experience, when I got rid of dairy, when I got rid of gluten, and um, I got rid of refined sugar, I almost never get sick. And I, I just, I, I'm still blown away by like, I could have spent like the first 20 years of my life so much healthier had I done that. So um, exercise, vitamin C, zinc, reducing some of the artificials, eating a cleaner diet right now is only going to help boost your immune system. So moving on to another point under finding stability. So all of the points that I've just been mentioning, we're still under the bigger topic of finding stability. Uh, one of the key ones that I've been talking with a lot of my coaching clients about this past week and our group is keeping with a schedule, which is already a challenge for us hunter types, but especially when things are chaotic like this, it can be really hard. But here's a couple tips. So if you have a family and you and your partner, especially if you're both at home right now, which many of you are, then set a structure for yourself. Sit down with each other and see if you can schedule the day out together. It's easier to do it with another person than if you're trying to do it by yourself. And it's almost mandatory if you have kids. Like You're just going to have to do it. If you do not have a partner that you can schedule your day with, then what I would suggest is reach out to at least one friend who's in a similar situation uh, that you can hold each other, can, you can be your accountability partner. So get on Zoom, get on FaceTime and say, hey, okay, uh, let's, let's schedule to talk every day at like 8 a.m. and we'll do like our planning for the day. We'll check in at noon. And then we'll do a check-in at the end of the day. And so basically what I, especially if you're working from home, schedule out what you're going to do for the day in the morning. And if you have another person say, okay, what are my goals for the day? Write them out, write out a general schedule for yourself. And if you're doing it with another person online, then you just have, you, you, you have them hold space and you just write out your list and maybe you go back and forth a little bit, then ask them what, what are they, what are their goals for the day? What are their specific actions and what's their schedule and see if you can even block out like, like, okay, I'm going to work on this work project from uh, 8 to 10, and then I'm going to take a break for half an hour, and then I'm going to work on this project. Or whatever it is, map out your schedule, and then see if you can just map it out between the beginning of the day and midday. And if you're doing a check-in midday, then ask how it went, and then maybe you schedule the next part of your day at that point. Or maybe you've scheduled the entire day, and you're just checking in and saying, here's where I'm at right now. That kind of anchor right now can be extremely valuable. And it could be the difference between you being centered and getting things done and feeling good and spinning out into uh, self-medication and whatever else is going on in your life where you're, 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 you're basically letting the distractions rule your life. If you have another person involved, then you can create a structure and you can have some accountability and it's only going to support you. You're going to have some connection and camaraderie and you're going to have 
another person to bank things off of. And for us hunter types, we really need it. That's why people reach out to me for coaching and do coaching work or go join our groups is because when you have that kind of support, you're more effective than if you try to do it all by yourself. So reach out to another person or with your partner. Then if you're, if you have a challenge with structure between the two of you guys, then this is a really good time for you to make a point. Like, see if you can go in the other room, close the door. If the kids are okay, close the door and you guys sit down for uninterrupted 10 to 20 minutes plan your day out and then go through your day plan a check-in midday and then plan a check-in towards evening time so that that's one of my biggest suggestions in terms of keeping with the structure don't try to do it just on your own have another person involved uh, there's almost no reason why you should be doing it by yourself. At this point, you can. there's going to be a way you can bring in another person to support you in this. Uh, this is also a really good time to catch up on home projects. If so, if you are able to, if you're working from home and you're not used to it, you might want to insert throughout the day a break where you actually work on decluttering the house or just some things that you know would bring you some relief catching up on some things that you know you need to catch up on maybe you sit down after this podcast and you make a list of those things especially around the home and say here's like five things that if I got these done I would feel so much better and insert that into your regular schedule and so if you have an accountability person then you put that on your maybe you pick one of those per day and as you've heard me say before on this podcast if it's too broad of an action item, then you need to break it down. You need to be able to get to clear specific action items. So if it, for one, if you're like, finish your taxes, that's too broad of an action item. If that's one of the things you need to catch up on, and like that's finding receipts, that's inserting date, like there's all these sub items under that, write those out and then plan to do one or two of those, chip away at it versus trying to just sit down and go, oh, I'm working on my taxes now. And then you're just kind of like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. And then when you get overwhelmed, then you distract. So if you have a clear uh, list of action items, you're more likely to do them versus just having a vague generalized action item. Okay, so that's structure. I want to go on to helping others because right now, if you are, when we just focus on ourselves, um, it's often can exacerbate the anxiety. When we're helping other people, it gets us out of our own stuff and recognizing that other people are needing support right now, and it gives you a sense of emotional well-being. It's, it's, it's a very selfish act in many ways to help other people. And that's a good thing. It means that it's like this is when, when you feel the value in supporting someone else, and if everyone understands the value of that, then we all do it, and every, everything starts to get better. When we start to contract and just say, it's all about me and i got to protect myself, that's, a, that's just, a, just a whole bunch of suffering. So what I would advise you to do is look at if you're healthy and you're in a space where you can do this, see if there's uh, anything you can do in terms of your area, uh, volunteering to maybe deliver food to people that may need the food that are in full on quarantine, like the elderly. Uh, look at Nextdoor is an app that if you're not on it, you might want to check out, at least in the States. That's a real common one. See what's going on locally. Get on Facebook. Look at your local uh, Facebook uh, groups and see if there's ones in the area that you can see if there's anything that needs to happen locally that you can support, even if you're on lockdown. Uh, and also just seeing what else you can do to help calm other people down. So if you find yourself scaring people because you're telling them all the worst things that could happen right now, stop 
be mindful of what's coming out of your mouth and see if you can get to a place where you can support other people in calming down. Because chances are there's going to be people that are in a lot worse space than you are. And if you can at least calm them down, they will be able to get back to at least some mental clarity so that they can move forward. So use these tips to find your center and then see if you can spread those to other people. And if nothing else, donate. A lot of people need support right now. If you have extra funds, even if it's a small amount, even if it's $15 here, $20 there, support you know local businesses that are really suffering right now. Support local people that are out of work. If there's any programs that are going on right now that are supporting people who are in the, uh, the service industry, people who are, are um, housekeepers, people that can't that literally, because of all this happening, they have no income whatsoever. See what's happening locally. See if you can donate at least a little money. That will go a long way. And again, focus locally, because if you go too far out, then it becomes so abstract that you don't even see the benefit. Whereas if you're supporting people locally and everyone starts to do that, then actually things will start to get shored up. Whereas if we're waiting for the federal government to come in and fix everything, it's just not practical. It's not practical, especially right now. So see what you can do to support local uh, needs and see what you can do as and insert that into your day to day schedule. Like what can I do is as you're looking at your family and your work and all that, what can I do to support at least one other person today? If you do that, you're going to feel better and it's going to make the world better. And this is a time for hunter types to really shine. So we are really needed right now in society. Our creativity, our problem solving, our our thinking outside of the box, our innate empathy, these are things that are really needed right now. So my encouragement is listen to the points that I mentioned earlier, integrate those, find your center, get your structure in place so that you can then effectively support other people. Maybe that's just your family, but if you've got some extra energy to give, then see what opportunities are available for you to share, contribute, and make a difference. So I thank you all for listening. I hope you're doing well. Please stay in touch. I will be back in the next podcast and we'll be talking about meditation and continuing our discussion on mindfulness. Uh, Best of luck to all of you. Please stay in touch and I will be releasing another podcast very soon. So until next time, be well. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about the book, The Drummer in the Great Mountain, visit drummerinthegreatmountain.com. To join us on social media, click the links at the top of the homepage. Help us spread the word. We're a small press and reviews really help. If you've been enjoying the podcast or the book, consider writing a review on iTunes, Amazon, Goodreads, or your podcast app. If you're new to the podcast and want to quickly get up to speed on the concepts we discuss, check out our free five-day mini course. Visit drummerinthegreatmountain.com forward slash mini course. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover on future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at info at drummerinthegreatmountain.com.